This is the Capness HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Capness. Hello, and welcome to Cabinets HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cabinets. Our guest today is Zachary Rosga. Zachary, are you ready to be great today? I'm ready to be great today. Zachary is a founder of Surveys. He is an experienced entrepreneur and management professional. Surveys is a combination of a decade of business development and sales leadership. Surveys is a premium real-time insights and lead qualification product for events and trade shows. Our tool, Surveys, has been used by HR professionals at recruiting events help sift through applicants in real time. Zachary, tell us more about surveys and how this idea got started. So surveys came out of some work that we were doing when I was running a management consulting company. And we were trying to collect insights and feedback from college students. And we were having a really hard time getting them to answer. And so just in a moment of inspiration, we thought, well, what if people could swipe their answer as opposed to having to push buttons and type into boxes? And that's how Swervase was born. Now, Swervase is, is mainly a mobile application, correct? Touch. Touch. Um, so it, it, it works best on touch-enabled devices. Your mobile device is probably the most prevalent touch-enabled device that people have. But it works just as well on an iPad or a tablet. And actually, that's where we've had some of our greatest success is in the hand of brand ambassadors as a part of marketing events. So brand activations, having a brand ambassador there with an iPad, and it allows that brand ambassador to turn what is normally an experience to just get brand vision or visibility and turn it into data. So we we, kind of say we, we can turn events into data. So talk a little about the journey of surveys, how it got started, any change you might have made to it once you're learning material along the way. Yeah, so we started off really as a as just a swipe plus survey. That's where the name surveys came from. And we thought that we would put it into the market and you know compete with SurveyMonkey and, and the likes. But the visual nature of a survey, because it's a card and because you have all of this space that's available to create you know, a visual experience, we were pushed into a white label effect where every brand can look like themselves. And so every survey is white labeled to meet the brand requirements of the brand that we're working with. So Marriott has a survey that is focused on Marriott. And, you know, Marriott has something like 38 brands and we've worked with four of them and every one of them looks very different and is, you know, looks Sheraton looks like Sheraton, Moxie looks like Moxie. And so while that journey has occurred, we realized that the value of our product is not necessarily to the general consumer, but it's actually to these brands that are really looking to get, you know, their message out to their market and also engage and get feedback with the market in a way that looks like them. So it's safe to say they all went from a business to consumer to a business to business company? Yeah. I mean, even when we were a business to consumer product, most of the people who used our tool and with regularity were businesses. And so, you know, the general consumer, which we actually thought would be a market for us, you know, college students using it for research and stuff like that, didn't actually play out. Now, I know, of course, you want everybody to use your product, but you have like a typical customer that you're trying to target. 
like a certain size business, a certain size industry or anything like that? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. And I think this is something that we're coming to a realization now is that the companies that do best with Swervays are ones that are targeting young audiences. So this weekend, we're going to be working with the GE2 conference, which is the gaming experiential entertainment conference. And they're demographic of of visitors is going to be people basically 25. I mean, that's kind of their average age. And that's the perfect demographic for our product because they're they're mobile native and they understand swiping as a natural way of communicating. You know, we think the product has a lot of value in sort of the B2B space for conferences and events. But what we've noticed is that the consumer at those events is an older generation and they kind of get confused on the swiping. Yeah. I mean, I've used a product and I love it. It's so user-friendly. It's, you know, in, you know, interactive. I love it. You know, I can understand how some people not used to tech might be like, you know, oh, what is this? Yeah. I mean, we've seen deer in headlights before, you know, and it's like, what am I supposed to do? Whereas, you know, somebody who's 27, 22 immediately goes, oh, sweet. Beep, 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 beep. And they're done. Yes. Now, how are you marketing surveys? Like what's your, how are you doing that? So our current marketing strategy is really more of like a direct sales approach and we're targeting events that will get us larger visibility. So last couple weeks ago, we were at the GeekWire Summit with one of our partners, or I mean, sorry, one of our customers. This weekend, we're at the GE2. Then we're going to do another event in a couple of weeks. So that's really been our approach. To be honest with you, I'd love to have more of a digital strategy. Um, I'd love to be able to reach more customers through, you know, typical online digital strategies. Um, we just haven't been able to put that together yet. Now, are you, if I'm correct, you're actually located at Startup Hall in the University of Washington, correct? We were. Okay, not there um, no more, okay. No, we, we decided to move into our own space on Capitol Hill, primarily because we kind of see ourselves as a marketing agency, or not really a marketing agency, but a marketing tech product. And so we just wanted to be surrounded by creative people. Okay, that makes sense. So Zachary, next, talk about some, talk about a time you were successful, what you learned from the success and what we can learn from the success. Yeah, um, I would have to say, you know, one of the things that we've been successful at is, is actually attracting partners that are in the marketing space um, who see surveys as a value add to their work. So these are other agencies. And right now we're working with three or four different agencies that are bundling surveys into their product offer in the market. And, you know, I feel like that's a winning strategy because we create a value for them that they can't create on their own. So they're really good at, you know, brand activations and, getting people to get excited about visiting a booth at a festival. But then what do you do with those people once they come to the booth? And that's where Swerve's really, you know, shines is that you can turn that in-person experience into a digital experience. And so you kind of have this opportunity to turn a physical brand activation into a digital brand activation. And so that's where I see that we've been really successful. So Zachary, are, are most of your customers coming from the state of Washington in the Seattle area or are you, are you able to have customers from nationwide coming to you right now? So to be honest with you, most of our big customers are not in Washington. Oh, they're not? Oh, that's, that's good. I would say the majority of our big customers. So, I mean, we've got some really big customers. So Marriott's one of our customers, ESPN, Fall It Books. Ever heard of Fall It Books? No, I have, I have not, no. So Follow Books is the people that own the bookstores that are connected to the college campuses. So they sell 
you know, books for college students, like uh, textbooks, but they also sell, you know, college swag. So we did a really big project with one of our partners in a, in a brand activation with Back to School. And so we actually had surveys on 30 campuses in 30 days. And we engaged over 12,000 college students with our partner. And we collected 10,000 email addresses. But what's more interesting because of the nature of the product and the data that we collect, I can tell you that 6,000 of those were freshmen. Yes, that's a good detail right there. Yeah. I can also tell you that of those 6,000, 2,000 of them had never visited a fall at bookstore. And so that's the granularity of the data that we capture when we do these brand activations. So it's one thing to go out, do a brand activation, have a piece of paper and be able to, you know, get an email address. It's another thing to know within that segment of 10,000 email addresses, who are the 2,000 or the ones that I absolutely want to start marketing to? And more importantly, I think, who are the 4,000 that are not my target audience? I think that's probably more important, I would think. So you waste and I think time. this is what we're, there's just a, a ton of time and energy wasted out in the market by chasing people who would never buy from you. That's very true. Chasing leads that are, you know, not in the right buying cycle, or people who thought that your product was kind of fun and clever, but don't have a real need for it. And so, you know, that's what our tool actually does is it takes, you know, the leads that you have and it actually buckets them into what we say, warm, hot, and cold. Okay. That's a very useful tool. Zachary, next, talk about the time that you failed, what you learned from this and what we can learn from this. I would go back to what I was telling you with surveys when we thought we were a consumer product and, you know, we signed up in a fairly short period of time, you know, thousands of users and they signed in, they, you know, played around in the system, but they never got to the point of publishing a survey. Um, they looked, they were looky-loose and we, we couldn't figure out why they wouldn't, you know, we would try to engage with them. We would try to talk to them. And what we found out is that a lot of people just didn't have a question that they were an audience that they were trying to connect to. They just thought that Sorvays was a cool brand. Something nice to play around with for a little while, then they just forgot about it. Yeah, they, you know, they, they didn't have a burning need to capture that data. Okay, that sounds good. Um, and so, you know, part of our original thought was, well, people will use this to help plan parties. Well, it didn't happen. <laughs> um, you know, hey, let's plan a vacation with all of our friends and pick the right spot. Well, that didn't really happen. You know, hey, let's let's make sure that we have the right meal prepared for Thanksgiving. That didn't happen. So that's where I think that was the idea of like when we built Swerves as a everybody can get their Swerve on product. And, you know, that's where, you know, what we learned from it is that we needed to focus on people who actually need that data. And we found out that that's businesses. And then taking it one step further, it's it's marketers. I do want to say, though, that we do have some customers who are using Swervebase for HR. And they are using it for... And a lot of the companies that we have have remote staff. So these are people that work, you know, well, remote in that they don't have a desk, right? So yes. that they are, you know, either wait staff at a, at a restaurant or they are drivers of trucks or they're construction workers. And there really isn't a tool that's out there that we've seen that allows for someone from a central location to be able to get you know engagement and feedback from that type of of staff 
And so it wasn't something that we necessarily went out and sought to do, but that's for, but I think it's a great use case uh, because there's not a lot of great tools out there for companies that like construction companies, fast food companies that have staff that don't have a desk and that have staff that don't have you know, access to a laptop or a computer, this is a way that quickly and using, you know, SMS to retrieve it can get it on their phone and, you know, swipe through something that feels good and that people, you know, are happy to do. And it doesn't take a lot of time out of their day. So it's not a burden on them for their job. Um, so that's that's another area that, that we see that might be a big growth area. Yes, exactly. Next, talk about someone who helped you in the past and how they helped you. Um, I've had a strong group of advisors. I don't know if you want specific names, but I've had one advisor in particular who has been very level-headed. She's been very succinct and very much kept us thinking straight and on track. And, you know, without her advice and without her, you know, consistent ability to show up, you know, I don't think we would have a product that we have today. That's good. Zachary Nix, tell us something about yourself that most people don't know. Like, of course, your, your, your family knows, close friends, but, you know, most people don't know this about you. Well, my first company that I started was started right out of grad school, and I was an American living in South Africa in Cape Town, and that's where I started my first company. So, and I ended up building that company out over a four-year period and ended up doing projects in over 50 countries. How long were you in South Africa before you started your company? Had you been there for a while? You just like landed and the next day you started your company? So I, I started the company before I landed because I was taking an internship and I wasn't sure if that internship would continue. So I thought, well, if this doesn't work out, maybe there's you know some opportunities for me down there because I was going there prior to the to the World Cup and I knew there was going to be some investment being made into the tourism industry there, and so I saw that as an opportunity given you know my background at the time in uh, hospitality and tourism, and you know I started it and I built it and yeah I ran it for a good you know three and a half four years. How many startups have you built or been involved with so far? So I've been the principal of three. Two of them were consulting companies. Swervez is my first product company, but I was a very early stage employee business partner of a tech startup while I was in South Africa. So I've been around the beginning and founding of at least four. So basically it's your blood, so to speak. Yeah, this is something that I've been doing for a very long time. It's something that I enjoy. It's something that I'm passionate about. And yeah, you're right. Uh, Zach, I understand you have a, a something a gift for our listeners. Yeah. Um, so if anybody is a business that wants to either use this for improving their marketing or, as I said earlier, if there's uh, a need to connect with your uh, staff, um, we'd love for you to come and get one of our Swervase packages and we would give you $500 off to get started. Thank you, Zach. That's very, very valuable. Next, can you provide us some social media platforms for we can reach out to you both for yourself and for surveys? Well, everybody can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Zachary Rosga on LinkedIn. Surveys is on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn as well. And for listeners, we're going to provide all these links in our show notes when we push out the podcast. So, Zachary, we're coming to the end of our podcast. Can you give us any last words of wisdom or advice for anyone who might be starting a business or in the, in the tech world, startup world, look a thing to be about a founder, think to be a founder? I would say, you know, definitely look yourself in the mirror and say, can I be resilient? 
definitely look yourself in the mirror and say, can I overcome hardship? And can I take a failure learn from it and make something better. That's great advice. I know one thing, like right now, there's all these entrepreneurs who want to be entrepreneurs. You know, it's a sexy thing, you know, you hear about Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, our success, but you really hear about, you know, the, the long nights, the hard times, you know, the, oh, wow, I just heard my 25th no and, you know, don't really yeah. hear about much like that. That is true. And I, and I think also you hear about the Bill Gates, the Mark Zuckerbergs, the Elon Musks, but there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of other people that you haven't heard of. Some of them, you know, grow something that is a comfortable business for them. Some of them fail and they go out of business and, you know, they go back and do something else. So, you know, we kind of have put this idle status on the really big ones that have had the home runs and the big wins. Um, but I think people should remember that there's also millions of other entrepreneurs out there that are, you know, not Bill Gates. Yeah, not I mean, jobs. And like and you said, they're hitting singles and doubles and triples, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Hey, and there's some that are striking out, you know, nine innings in a row. <laughs> exactly. All right, Zachary, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. You gave us some valuable advice. To our listeners, thank you for your time. And remember to be great every day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Cadmus HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit CadmusHR.com or connect to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Cadmus HR or Jason Cadmus HR on Snapchat. Thanks again, and be great every day.